Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. back when we recorded our last episode you were still on the west coast and now we pressed record and you are you're a little further east you've 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 taken a short journey maybe like five ten minutes out of town give or take a few hours it really depends how fast you drive or how fast you fly i mean there certainly it could be five or ten minutes out of town you just need to break certain speed limits that i don't think have been broken yet in bc um, so yeah, we're 700 kilometers away from where we were last podcast, and it's, let's say life's a little bit different here. Yeah, I'd imagine it is. I mean, it's you know off the rails here, which is actually I don't even know if rails apply. Hyperloop is that the you know the high speed we put you into like a pill and shoot you to New York in like two hours? That'd be like a five minute drive to to where you are. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, you could definitely do it underground. It's it's certainly like I think it's like a eight hour drive but that's only because there's mountains and rivers and swervy things in the way. So if you just dug a really long hole underground and fired a ball through it with people in it, yeah, that could probably be five or six minutes. Seems, yeah, it seems safe. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. totally safe. And there'll totally be like a stop at, uh, at uh, was it Kootenai Lake? Kootenai right. Lake, yeah. And then they'll have one, in, I don't know, like a mall somewhere too, because that's important. Exactly. Um, but no, I think, you know, when I, I talk to people who don't really understand BC, uh, whether it be, you know, further East across the country or friends of mine, sort of South of the border, they don't really comprehend what it's like to drive through the, was it three mountain ranges? There's coastal Rocky. Yeah. We don't have to get to the Rockies. Yeah. There's the Kootenai. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I'm new to the area. No, I'm a city boy. I'm uh I'm just changing, and yeah, we drove through two of those mountain ranges. I forget what the second one's called. It's uh, it's between between it's coming into Castlegar. He gets Castlegar. That's you're past the second mountain range. Um, yeah, it's the Kootenai Mountains. I want to say, but you know, somebody will call me out on that because it's probably wrong. And yeah. yeah, the Rockies are definitely east from here. And from where I'm sitting right now, I can look out my window, and there's a mountain right there. It's really lovely. Well, I can, I can look out my window and I see a mountain through the fog and haze and smoke and all that. Well, there is that. I mean, there's certainly that aspect right now um, due to climate change and just the last few years in general. Although our elected leaders don't really want to say climate change. But yes, uh, today in particular, we're under a big gray cloud of smoke here. So yesterday we were out swimming in the lake and it was lovely. And today it's, a, it's still lovely. It's just a little more smoky and so that's definitely something we're now aware of and we actually had an experience uh just this week we've been here now 10 days it's our 10th day and uh, last week there was a thunderstorm because this area it's a really big lake it's the biggest lake in bc and it controls the weather systems quite a lot from what i understand so there was a thunderstorm and we actually saw lightning hit the mountain and a little fire started up on the mountain and so a, a lot of these things are started either by by lightning because there are really weird weather systems out here or of course you know there's human stupidity so that's the other thing that starts the fires out here so now we're suddenly very aware of these issues that we never actually really thought about in, before other than you know vancouver would get smoky once or twice a year mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely something to consider like i i'm 
curious, have you and uh, the fam taken into consideration, you know, fire plans? Because here, I mean, while the risk is still high, it's not the same risk um, where you are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not, it's, we do have, there currently are four fires that are burning in the general area around us. Nothing close. And then what I mentioned on the mountainside, it actually went out right away too because of the rain. So that was a lucky one. But uh, yeah, it's certainly a thing that we're now aware of and have plans. And if we have to evacuate the house on day 13, then we will do that. But we're hoping we don't have to. Are you going to be out there with the hose and the you know sprinkler trying to fight it back? Yeah, I might. I got on. I have a new hose. It's like all these things that you don't have when you're a city dweller. You know, we've gone to the hardware store every day since we've been here, actually. Yeah. And uh, now we have all sorts of things. I have my own Rydum lawnmower. You don't even oh, have a wow. lawn. You don't have a lawn, so you know. No, I don't. And I've never had a lawn before either, so that's fair as well. But uh, yeah, so now I have a Rydum lawnmower, and you know. We have a big garden bed that had been out there, and other people had set up the garden bed. And we went out to sort of, oh, we'll go garden because they hadn't taken care of it lately. And we lifted up a thing, and there was ant colonies under there. And we actually had <laughs> ants bite us and attack us, and we saw ant eggs. I'd never seen an ant egg in my entire life, and now I tell you, like I'm pretty, I'm a pretty much a pacifist. I don't really, you know, I have no issues with people hunting animals or anything like that. That's fine within reason, but. I've never wanted to hurt an animal myself or hurt a creature, but these ants, I tell you, these ants are now my enemy because they bite. And my God, that that's a painful little bite. I've never, I've never been bitten by an ant before. And so now my, my wife, myself, and both of my kids have been bitten by ants, which, you know, is an experience we had 12 days yeah. ago. So yeah, the world's all upside down or something. And so I'm actually intrigued by the fact you've never been bitten by an ant before. I mean, I, not that it's happened frequently with me, but just this past weekend, um, both my dad and I, uh, got bitten by these sort of black flying ants that happened. So I was, I took baby force to my parents. We we're in their pool and the ants hit the water and then they're on top until they get on you. And then to, you know, show you this, this pleasure with the situation, they exert, you know, some significant force, like, it is not like, it's not like, it wasn't like bee sting, but it's enough to cause a reaction and a foul word to be said. Oh yeah. My kids have heard a couple of foul words and me jumping this week, but yeah, I don't know. Like I had never experienced that in anywhere in the city, anywhere where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd been stung by hornets. I've been stung by bees. Oh, I've yeah. been eaten by bed bugs. I've done all those things, but I'd never had an ant bite me. So and, you know, not all types of ants either can't do that or can do that. I don't know. I'm not an ant expert other than the fact that I'm at war with them. But uh, I'm learning more about them all the time, and those bastards will die. Yeah, I was going to say kill it with fire, but you can't. That would be a very bad idea, especially yeah, no, right now. fire is not a good idea for anything right now. So we do have a fire pit in our backyard. It's not being used currently because fires are banned. Yeah, it'll be good, you know, in December when there's snow out to – yeah, totally. Roast marshmallows. My, uh, actually, uh, we had a sort of family zoom and, uh, my extended family lives in Bragg Creek, Alberta. And so on Christmas day, uh, we had, um, like all the different sort of family, my in-laws, what have you all connected. And my extended family in Bragg Creek were using their phone cause their, their internet at home apparently ain't so good, but their mobile provider is sufficient enough so long as they're not in their house. So they all huddled up around 
a fire with like, I think it was like 15 below Celsius holding up a phone to take part in this sort of holiday zoom call. Very nice. So they didn't stay on the call for very long. Apparently the raging fire while it was raging was difficult to huddle around when you're all trying to huddle around a phone and the person holding the phone doesn't want to hold their hand over the fire. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay. So yeah, my other thing, it, we were worried about internet kind of, but it turns out we took our same internet plan out here. And it turns out that without a billion other signals around you and without stone cement walls around you, we actually have much better internet here than we had in downtown Vancouver. So it's uh, it's quite strange. So we have nature, we have internet, we have all the things you need, really. Yeah, and a ride on lawnmower. Now we were talking last time. We I think we've we've talked about real estate quite a lot recently because of our own various life mm-hmm. things going on. But uh, yeah, you seem to have uh, you were hitting the same point I was before we bought this place, where it was like we might not be able to do this. This just might not happen. We might be stuck yeah. in this place. And then, of course, things suddenly changed. What's up with you? Yeah, so I'm trying to think if, you know, timing-wise, if we had gotten things sorted out. But the long story short, um, we ended up uh, seeing a, a townhouse, um, and it was, it was like, beautiful, like, as, as far as sort of city-living townhouses go. It was in our price range. Um, it backed on to a, a, a green belt, a creek. It's a salmonoid-bearing creek, so protected but if you know the cities put parks and what have you like a pathway it's park systems so cool the owner of the place uh completely renovated um owner was a red sealed carpenter so did a lot of the work himself and did it to um, an extremely high level quality so much so that when we we put in an offer we didn't think we were going to get it it was like well, we'd, we'd feel bad not, and then seeing someone else get it for the price we were willing to pay. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the situation, but it's not like we thought the price that we were willing to pay, which was our maximum. We, we actually put in our best offer, similar to that one of that offer we had had early on. And lo and behold, it worked out. We, we, they accepted it. And so it was pending different number of subjects. One was an inspection. We wanted to ensure that. Again, we were making a good investment. So uh, the inspector, um, when we were chatting with him, he's like, so um, I have to be candid. I had difficulty finding problems. And I felt <laughs> that I needed to find some things for you to justify, you know, what you've paid. But also I want to give you peace of mind that I I looked hard. And so like one of the issues that he had put in his report was this uh, what appeared to be a good-sized chip in the shower floor. Um, What he did is he took a picture with like a camera that had zoomed right in. So what looks like a good-sized chip would maybe be like a quarter of your pinky nail. Okay. And when I'd said, oh, to fix that, do I I just put a little, um, um, what's it, who's it down? Camera or the silicone or something like that. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. That's all you need to do. Yeah. But he'd like put this as a, you know, this is a, this is a big problem thing. It wasn't really a big problem. Um, there were a couple of things like the hot water tank, um, was original, which, uh, we'll get that replaced almost every place we went to. No one had replaced hot water tanks in forever. And that's something we have to consider now because in here, the hot water tank went, um, 
our condominium was in serious trouble. Sure. And the maintenance agreement ensured that these, these things were replaced. But in a lot of the places we saw, people don't replace hot water tanks. So we're we're gonna get that done. There's a we need to get an electrician because uh, one of the uh, the arc fault breakers did not trip, which means it does not work. Right. Um, that's again designed to trip to prevent an arc fault. So we gotta get that fixed. But yeah, again, like not nothing too significant. So yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be townhouse owners. Nice. Uh, come September, uh, cities though we're not we're not moving up the. Uh, the interior into the, the Kootenays, uh, like you, it just, I mean, I, my wife's jealous and I, she, she's, uh, she went and creeped your place out. She likes the yard. It's entirely fair. She should. Yeah. I mean, we had our first guests here today. We had friends from, from our former life. Cause we lived in a co-op just a week and a half ago. And so they had, they grew up in the area and they were up vacationing. So they came up and visited the house for the first time. So we had our first visitors okay. and, it was pretty insane because, you know, we lived in an apartment that is under the size of my basement. And that's just, it's just weird. It's all these things. Mm. And we have, yeah, nice yard, nice area. It's all, it's all very nice up here. And it's, it's really interesting the just sort of quick conversion you make from the city too. Cause I mean, after a few days up here, I was really, we, we noticed like we can go driving, we can go, we can drive and it takes over like back in Vancouver, it would be within five minutes then you'd curse at somebody who cut you off and you'd, you know, you'd say those words here. That just doesn't happen because there's no like traffic like that. It's slow Mm -hmm. and peaceful. And so, yeah. And then there's all sorts of projects and I think there's always something to do. So yeah. yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, we, we move in September. You have just moved made that trip, as you said, 10 days into your, your new place. I wanted to sort of talk a little bit about uh, that uh, sort of the days before you left your departure and then what the trip was like. Um, so, you know, you just snapped your fingers and everything magically transported itself. Yeah, that was the entire plan. I figured, you know, this was a very unusual one for us because every other move we'd ever done in Vancouver was usually because we, we moved quite a lot in our early relationship. Like the first 10 years we were together, we moved, I think, nine times and it was never really our choice. It was always, as is often the case in Vancouver, bad landlords or something like that. I think of, of those moves, we chose twice. So uh, so we always did a really quick move. You throw everything in a box, you go, and you just you don't and you unpack. In theory, you get most of the boxes undone. Now, our last place we lived in for nine years, so that was much different. And we had, uh, you know, we've we live fairly minimalist we try to anyways we aspire to but uh, we still like anyone we had a lot of crap so packing and the packing was a big thing and so i was with the kids most of the time and you know it's summer now so they don't really especially as we're launching into a move they don't really have to do schoolwork or anything we don't have anything that we're working on too hard so i started concentrating on packing and getting things ready and all of that and then you hit that point where you're you're still living in the space, so you have to have so much stuff out. You think you're at a really good spot. You think, okay, you know, I've done a lot of work. We're in a good spot. We can wrap it up in a day, and it'll be easy. You know, when the we we had movers, so when the movers come in, we'll just pack the last few boxes, and uh, we'll be good to go. And so that was my ideal situation. Now, to tell you the truth, I mean, yeah, my ideal situation was a little too serene and ideal, I think. Because when the day actually came, it was freaking chaos and everything that I thought I had done and I thought I was really ready and I thought we'd be all set 
it was not. And so I was running even harder when you've got movers moving around you, packing, moving your stuff, like all these beautiful piles of boxes you've created over weeks. And uh, now they're moving them out of the truck. Really, like they're professionals. This is what they do. They they do this cool thing, sort of like a, you know, it's a Tibetan Sherpa kind of move where they pile three boxes on themselves and then go down a steep flight of stairs with no problem. And I mean, I'm looking at it and saying, oh, that would throw it in my back or something because I'm an old man now, I guess, apparently. So, yeah, we were charging around and trying to get things done and everything, you know, it's always something that's going to go wrong. And uh, and so those things do go wrong. And eventually the they were all packed up and we still had a lot to do in the apartment. So we said, OK, go. And we let them go. And then we realized we still had like probably probably should have packed four more boxes anyways to get to take with them. And, uh, and yeah, so we ended up filling our car on top of us. So, you know, my kids were in the backseat. I didn't actually see them because they were covered in stuff. And I mean, that's not the safest thing for a 700 kilometer drive. So we had to, we gave them like bottles so they could breathe every now and then if they couldn't get air and, uh, you know, they had water and we told them, you know, if you're going to pee, pee and this is the bottle of pee and this is the bottle to breathe from. So we had it all set up. And, um, and yeah, so the, it was all chaos and, um, we got everything done and you also hit that point where it's just like, okay, this stuff that's left here, I don't want it anymore. I just want to go. I don't want, so we ended up like, we needed a vacuum cleaner at the very end. We couldn't fit our vacuum cleaner in our car. So we just said, okay, no vacuum cleaner. Somebody else can have that. And whatever this box is, somebody can have it. I won't miss it. And so back to my earlier bit about minimalism, that's really the point where you're like, all this stuff, I don't need it because you're just like in such a panic to get things over. And we didn't have to necessarily be panicked because we have that apartment until the end of the month. We had to pay for the whole month. So we could have, in theory, stayed an extra day and mm-hmm. finished things up. But no, it was pretty panicked. And we got it, but we got it all done. And we have, you know, great, 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 great friends that were there helping, which was also nice because COVID, COVID, uh, you know, it's come down enough here that we were able to be a little more open than we thought we were going to be. We were able to see some friends and say goodbye to people before we left the city. And we didn't think we were going to have that originally. So, yeah, there was a lot of chaos and a lot of uh, tears and a lot. Of, and most of the tears were from me, just like the kids. The kids were great. It was all me. And then, yeah, we hit the road. And so we uh, we made a, about a 10-hour drive. And again, we have an electric car, so we have to stop and charge. That's one thing. And uh, so we made it about halfway to where we were going, and then we stopped and charged at a place called Hope Slide, which yeah, most locals that you know. had to give your, your car a, a drink. Yeah, we give our car thirsty. a drink. And I mean, we love our car. It's great. But uh, we did have to stop there for a bit. And then we made, we made it in. We, st- we actually stopped with another friend on the way because we have friends all over the place, apparently. And uh, then we went and we made it to a place called Asoyas, which is where we stayed for the night. And then the next day we were able to just uh, drive to the new house. And it was very strange getting here and actually seeing the place because we hadn't actually been to the place. I think we might have mentioned that before. But due to the housing market in BC and the the whole thing about moving long distances, it's really hard to actually view a place before you have to buy it. So we kind of jumped into it a little bit, which was scary. And so we sort of... We were driving pretty much we were about five minutes from the house when I turned to my wife and was like, so we're pretty brave, aren't we? And then she told me to shut up, which was fair because, you know, we jumped into it pretty hard and it turned out actually quite good. So, uh, so yeah, here we are. 
Yeah. The, uh, I saw the picture of, uh, the, the car getting the drink and hope slide. Um, I, I was actually going to ask you, how long does it take to give your car a drink? Um, our car takes about 45 minutes to charge to about 80%. So, oh, okay. So not bad. I was and, like, I, cause I was, I was thinking about this. I'm like, yeah, if you have to make an extended road trip, like, do you plan it around restaurant, like, like rest stops with like charging receptacles or like, it, cause I, I had no idea how long it would take to charge. It is definitely a thing. Once, once you have an electric car, you're very aware of that. The trick to it is like, everybody will say, oh, well, you know, there aren't many of those around. And they're actually, I mean, in the Vancouver area, in the lower mainland, in BC, there are far more electric chargers around than there are gas stations. So it's actually quite easy. And our car has, on a full charge, our car has about a 430 kilometer range on it. So we don't we don't bring it up to 100 very often because that's not good for the battery. But uh, yeah, even at, at 80%, we have about 350, 375 kilometers. So, you know, it's pretty good. And now we actually, like before we had in an apartment building in downtown Vancouver and there wasn't charging in the building. So that was kind of... We would have yeah, to drive around town. Yeah, we would go and we sit in a superstore parking lot and charge and stuff like that. And that was a weekly thing. But now we have a garage and we just plug it in the garage and it's just easy. It's weird. It charges itself. It's cool. So yeah, we've had that since last summer and uh, and yeah, we love it. The other thing I uh, I got to enjoy is watching your bike make the trip. Yes, and that was even more fun. So uh, so yeah, my, living in downtown Vancouver, again, I bought an e-bike last summer. So again, we're all electric. We have electric car and electric bikes. And the, the e-bike is a lot of fun. It got me out biking a lot more than I ever had before. And, you know, it's people will say that, no, oh, well, you're a battery and you're not really puffing and puffing. But, oh, no, oh, no, you huff and puff. And you also do really long rides. So I did... I did one ride that was like from downtown Vancouver out to near the airport where there's this really long spit. And when I got out there, you know, I, I turned around and came back and about, it was about a 52 kilometer ride overall, which I'm not in super shape. So that was a, it was a good huff and puff. And also it ran out of batteries right near the end. I actually mm. took my battery out for the first time. So I was still several kilometers from home. And I tell you, that bike's heavy without the battery. So I huffed and puffed and got it home, but my God, I thought that day I almost killed myself. But having an e-bike in the city in particular, I thought, you know, once the Apple AirTags came out, I thought, well, yeah, I'm going to put one on my bike because that's a good way to keep track of it. I don't want that to go missing. It was a good investment. And so the benefit of that, as you'll see on many YouTube videos right now, there's some really really amusing stuff out there is that you can track it. So I sent the bike with the movers and, uh, and yeah, so then I could always see where the movers were or I could see them, you know, it, it works like when it goes by other iPhones or Apple devices, it will then send a signal back to you. So you don't always know where it is, but you can see these things. So yeah, I could see my bike when it was going through Manning park, which is a big, big, uh, big area in BC here. And one of the big jump, really big, parkland areas between between hope and uh and Karameas. and so on the trip and it was great so we actually knew when the movers were coming because we could see them we saw them where they yeah. got we saw where they and yeah technology at its best i tell you yeah the uh the air tag uh thing you had mentioned his videos there was a i don't know if he's done part two yet but there was a guy who bought three air tags and mailed them he mailed one to elon musk one to uh, Tim Cook and the other one to like the German consulate in North Korea. Yeah, I did watch that. Okay, I've only seen part one. I don't again. I don't know if part two has happened, but 
Yeah, and he he keeps putting it out too, and he he wanted to let people steal his bike, and he has an air tag on his oh, yeah, bike, that, and so yeah, yeah, so but he lives in Germany where bikes just don't get stolen all that often, and it's not a very good bike. So it took a really long time for him to get his bike stolen. And yeah, we watched that, which is a fairly new channel, but it it caught on, and yeah, we we haven't seen part two yet. I don't think he's put it out yet, but that was definitely a good watch and part of the inspiration for this too, where I could just see where my bike was. Well, that, so then I guess the follow-up question is kind of moot. It's going to suggest like, oh, did you record that? Because you could have, you know, thrown it up on YouTube. I should have, but we were we were with everything else. It was certainly an idea, but uh, yeah, everything else, the chaos around me was way too much to, I couldn't even find, like my, my GoPro was, I think I packed it somewhere or the movers packed it. I'm not sure because we found it now. We meant to have like video of us driving into the driveway for the first time and all of that, but that didn't really end up happening. I took my iPhone out. I, I recorded that bit and, you know, I tried to put on cheesy music, but we were, but I didn't want, or my wife didn't want to cry as we were coming into the driveway. So, you know, I had to just uh, hum a song as we were coming in instead. It's not YouTube worthy is what I'm saying, basically. Yeah. So like the roof, the roof, uh, the roof is on fire. <laughs> that would have been a bad, yeah, else. no, not right now. Oh man. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, Man, we talked about this on a, on a previous show. I, I just could not imagine making that that significant of a move. Um, and so, obviously, the house, the yard, the space, nature, everything that comes with it is 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 a definite plus. But I just can't see myself making that journey. Yeah. So, I mean, I uh, I thought it was a little crazy. I mean, obviously, but then we kind of thought of our history, and we have history of making like really big jumps without having all the knowledge on it. And so far for us, it's worked out pretty well. I mean, my wife and I, the, we met online once upon a time before that was uh, as accepted as it is today. I mean, we were in, we were frontiers there basically. And, um, and yeah, that was a pretty big jump because the longest we'd ever been together was a week and a half, I think before we actually ended up getting married, which again, wasn't entirely our plan originally, but it's worked out. We've been married now 18 years. So that, jump worked pretty good and that's kind of a crazy jump that most people wouldn't take this is kind of a crazy jump that most people wouldn't take and so we have a history of other jumps like that throughout our lives and relationships so it's really just par for the course at this point i'm not sure where the next big jump's going to be and i'm hoping it won't be for a while but uh we'll see so actually i know we both met our wives online when did you meet your wife online 2002 oh so i had you beat okay so you're a frontier then yeah. It was still like my wife. 2,400 baud <laughs> connected to bulletin boards when you met. Yeah. We, cause we met online in, uh, I guess it would have been 99. Mm. I got my first um, email account in 1999. So I was a little bit behind. Yeah. It would have been cause we, I mean, we've been together since the year 2000. Um, and we'd sort of connected online. We had been chatting just, and we decided, so I guess, I mean, in the, if we do, if we're doing the math properly, our first, the first time we met each other was year 2000. Uh, we went to the P and E. So you were both local though, right? State. You were both in the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, different circumstances. My, you know, my wife was from the sunshine coast, obviously a little bit further from us here in the city. Uh, nothing like your wife who was not uh, even in the country. Yeah. So I always had this idea. At some point I got the idea that I wasn't going to marry a Canadian and I didn't know why it wasn't that I had anything against Canadians or it just always seemed to me I would, after the first time I went to Europe, I was like, no, I'm going to marry a European girl. 
And so I always had this idea that I was going to marry outside the country. I just never actually expected it would be an American girl and not a European girl and an East Coast girl. and not. So, yeah, the American East Coast was was a jump for me. But uh, like I say, here we are all these years later. It's yeah. turned out. So how do you reconcile not marrying a Canadian girl but being married to a Canadian? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Now I am married to a Canadian girl, a Canadian woman. You know, I can't really say that. My daughter, True. my daughter's a Canadian girl. I, I'm married to a Canadian woman. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a long, con- it was a long route to get there, must, too, though. Must be a difficult one that you have to live day to day with. <laughs> oh, anywho. But uh, no, I mean, uh, so everything in the move went well. You didn't left nothing that you meant to bring behind. Um, there's things that we didn't mean to bring that came up with us, uh, but no, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, like I have this really nice blanket that I, that I like, but our car was so full of stuff. We, we stopped by my grandfather's on my way out of town and my grandfather, he would, he cut us some rhubarb. So we could plant some rhubarb in the yard and we'd have grandpa's rhubarb in our yard. But, uh, the car was so full, this big, heavy blanket of mine just stayed at my grandfather's. So in theory, he's going to bring it up in a couple of months' time when he comes to visit. But uh, okay. for the most part, no. I, I mean, certainly there are things now that we're like, yeah, we probably should have kept that in the great purge of things that we got rid of. But at the same time, yeah. it doesn't really matter. And uh, and yeah, it's all it's all good. Yeah, and I, I I genuinely wonder in our circumstance. I mean, we're not getting into a house; we are getting into something larger, into a townhome. But what is it that we have that we won't need? Like we've tried to sort of purge since late last year. Yeah. Um, we did a little purging this weekend. My parents came over, helped to get stuff. So we have, we've actually already put a lot of stuff in the storage. Uh, we did, did that last year. So our plan was to list this place. We were going to sell it. And then pandemic lockdowns really went into effect. And that's, that sort of shut down our, our desire to, to go in and throw ourselves uh, out of a house. Uh, with real no place to go and have other, other but, people go um, to your house too. Exa- yeah, exactly. Like there was, there were a number of things that sort of worked against us and just, you know, we just say, let's, let's slow our roll. But, uh, but I think for us, I mean, while there's probably things like as with, I think most people, we collect things that we don't need, never really needed. And we'll do our best to try to purge ourselves of those. But then there are things we don't have that we may need like you know I'm, i won't need a ride on lawnmower you should get um, one anyways but, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll just I'll cut, even though even though we pay strata fees to for landscaping i'll be like no no i'm gonna roll my ride on lawnmower out to you, you know do my five by five square foot <laughs> yeah i'll just just you'll see me going you know heading to the border down the highway <laughs> on my ride on lawnmower but you know like it's it's i i was chatting um with my dad this weekend asking him like do you have a hose like spare hoses like my dad collects things so i'm like i'm gonna ask him what if he's got hoses Mm. um because he he again he would he they don't need one they rent now um but when they had a house he probably had 20 hoses he has no hoses but like like i've never needed a hose why would i need a hose and that's the thing. And that's, I mean, in our situation, there's so many things that we've never had or never needed. And now we need. So that's why we're going to the hardware store every day. I mean, the, the guys at the hardware store already know my wife by name because she's in there so often. So yeah, it's that sort of thing. And also, I mean, like in this move, I got rid of things that I've been carrying around forever. I used to collect comics many, many years ago. 
And so I had nine boxes of comics that I didn't actually, you know, there was sort of the idea that I was going to give them to my kid one day and that was sort of the thing. But even then it's like, no, it's nine boxes of comics and they're heavy and they're hard to move. And so this time it was actually probably the most, the most emotional moment of the thing. I've been talking back and forth for years now. I thought about selling them like two or three years ago and it just sort of fell away. And then I picked it up again with this one guy before COVID happened and then COVID happened. And so again, like we were saying, you don't want anybody in your apartment and those things all fell away. So as we were moving here, I then got back in contact with them and I was like, Hey, you, you know, you still buy comics. I mean, and so he said, Oh yeah, yeah, I do. And he said, okay, I'll be over tomorrow morning. And he came over the next morning and offered me money for them. And then they were all gone. And it wasn't even, I didn't even have, like, have time to think about it. It was just like, Oh, okay. Um, yep. I'll do that. Cause I don't want to move them again. And when you, mm-hmm. when you move long distances too, you have to pay, it's like everything's in weight. So, wait. yeah. so I was like, no, I don't really want to pay a couple hundred dollars to bring those with me when I can, when I don't really need them anymore, but I've carried them around for a lot of years. So having that whole disconnect and being able to pull the trigger, I still, I, honestly, there's a part of me that's like, you did what you sold those. What are you crazy? But for most part, I'm actually quite, it's okay. It's all right. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm so I, not that I have comics, but I have a collection of Magic the Gathering trading cards mm. from like the mid '90s. They they are just sitting here in a couple like hockey card or card boxes. I guess I shouldn't say hockey card, but I mean that's growing up. That's what we put in yep. them. Um, I don't know if they carry any value, and I have not pulled them out in gosh. 25 years that was actually my other thing that almost went because it was like i had to go to my comics and then you know every canadian kid of our age particularly from the 90s has like that box of hockey cards and i had my house i had my house broken into at one point and the binders of hockey cards got stolen but i still have a big ass box full of early 90s hockey cards and so that was the other thing that if i had time i was gonna go out and see if i could get rid of them for any price and not just like give them away or throw them in the recycling bin or something like that. But uh, yeah, I didn't. So those came up with me. So I, those will sit here for 20 years, I think, but magic gathering cards, those are, those could be big money, especially. Well, and I, you could go ahead. You could pay for your next house just with those things. Probably. Yeah. I don't have like dual lands or anything. Okay. Cause I mean, we live in a pretty stupid time. If you've listened to the news this week where, you know, uh, a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 just sold for 1.5 million and a sealed copy of the Legend of Zelda sold for like $800,000. So it's a stupid so, time. So if we have these cards, we can just put them online and hopefully there's somebody out there that will say, Oh, I'll pay out 1.5 million for that. I just like the sealed copy part blows my mind. Yeah, me too. Like I, I, and I, now like in in our current day and age i understand there are collectors who buy things with the sole purpose is i'm going to leave the sealed and hope i'm going to hope that it appreciates in value but the the fact that people still had sealed copies of these games of our youth when i mean i'm sure there was value associated to sealed items but nothing was ever sealed yeah right so i just that part blows my mind um Hockey cards. I was going to say, I too had hockey cards once, but they, uh, when we moved from Richmond, uh, to Ladner, a box got stolen, mm. um, in the move. And that box was my stuff. Um, so 
there might've been some value in the hockey cards. Um, there was a, like a stereo that was in there yeah. that got stolen. Um, the thing that, that upset me the most was it was like personal mementos, like pictures from my trip to France got stolen, uh, like pictures, you know, that stuff, yeah. um, which has absolutely zero value. But yeah. Yeah. Like and it's. pictures, I mean, even pictures in this age are interesting because now that we're all digital and we can just sit away and snap pictures on my phone. I mean, I've got 15,000 pictures on my phone and that's kind of ridiculous because who has time to go through 15,000 pictures? Now I'm not saying of those 15,000 pictures, a thousand of them are really meaningful to me, but, uh, but yeah. And then the old pictures, that's sort of definitely my jam. That's kind of the one thing that I have tried to keep is negatives and with the idea that I will scan them and get them digital and all of that in time. Mm-hmm. So that's when well, that was the thing, the negatives too, right? Like everything was together. Yeah. Anywho. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how I think my move goes. Uh, I don't have to go and fill up the, the car um, necessarily. I mean, if I do, um, that's just poor planning on my part. <laughs> Well, you've got too many podcasts you're doing, so I don't have time to plan a move. Come on, really? Oh, but uh, but uh, no, I mean, actually, giving a car a drink. So I put my, I filled up my truck this weekend, hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, that's painful. I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, that that's painful. I'm just like, I am glad. Like, I don't. It doesn't drive much. Like, really, it goes to three different places: daycare to pick my daughter up once a week. Costco to go and do our Costco run and then out to my parents to deliver Costco to them. Like that's, <laughs> that's as much as the truck gets driven. And when, when we got the truck, there was sort of this practical sense that we needed something a little bit bigger than our car. Like it, when we traveled up to, to the in-laws on that, um, cause it's amazing how much th- stuff we needed to take uh, for our little one. Um, it'll be better when she's a little older. Yeah. Be- well, it might, I say that who knows. But, uh, but no, um, I'm now really not wanting to have this truck. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it sort of seems like when my wife first came here, we, we had a car and so, or she was American, so she had a car and when she brought it here, then she only used it. Maybe we used it once every couple of weeks. And other than that, it just sat there and we were paying insurance and paying gas and gas was cheaper then too. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, the whole idea of paying insurance and paying that much money for it. I was like, dang, gas for it to sit there. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard one. Now, out here, I could probably use a truck, but uh, it's we're good. We we don't need a truck. No, I, I if there was ever a time I had contemplated going electric, now would be it. Yeah. I don't, and I, you know, we'll have to consider after the move is we have two vehicles. There's our, our car that we've had since forever. My wife drives it primarily. Um, and the only reason we got the second vehicle was that once baby force arrived, we needed sort of the backup because my wife or I, it was, there was the possibility that one of us would then suddenly need to go in and pick up the child, but then might not have a vehicle to go and do it in. So, well, I mean, there's like the Tesla truck is coming out and the, uh, Rivian has a really Rivian actually has a really nice truck. So, I mean, there are the electric trucks are coming, so you could get, I, well, the I don't truck. necessarily need a truck. I mean, it's, the, the, the price was right on this vehicle. Like I really shouldn't complain about $120 in gas. Cause that's more than I paid for the truck. Now I know we were talking about bullying last episode, but it seems like you might just like, um, 
go from that experience and take the wrong lesson and you'd go and like get the big truck and get those like super oversized wheels and then oh i told i'm I'm totally gonna i think that's your reaction to it so i mean i if i see you in an electric truck with super oversized wheels next time i see you which i don't know when that'll be uh, i won't be surprised yeah yeah Oh, anywho, um, as we look to, to wrap up our episode, have you, have you actually played any games up there yet? Have you, have you christened the, uh, the gaming, uh, experience up uh, in the goodness? Um, not a little bit. Yeah. Um, my, my son and I have been playing, it takes two, which is, mm, guys, it's really, it's a good, yeah, game. it's a good game. It's a really good game. It's a, it's interesting. Of course, if playing the game is sort of a little bit mature concepts with, with my son, I was going to say it's a good story. I mean, it's from what I've seen, yeah. I haven't played it. No, it's it's been good, and it's it's actually really it's it's really cool the way they do different things and how they switch it up and they switch your abilities up. And so, so yeah, we've had actually a lot of fun with that so far. So we we've pulled that out so far one night because I finally did find what box my systems were in, except for the PlayStation Five. The PlayStation Five actually came in the car with us. Because it was like the one thing I, I wanted to get it packed into a box, but I never did. So it ended up being in a pillowcase mm-hmm. sitting between my kids. And it also had its own drinks and snack because I got to treat that thing well. I mean, I know you ignore yours, but I, I make sure mine I mine knows it's the third child. It's okay. So, yeah, we've been playing that. Um, that's been good. And then I played a little bit of Tetris 99 yesterday, but that was about it. And only because they have a new Super Mario Golf thing or something going on. And I was like, oh, I got to get that. But I'm not. So it's all good. How about you? What have you been doing? Well, I mean, there a couple games that I've actually just been playing on my PC. One was uh, Deep Rock Galactic. It was on sale for Steam sales. I picked it up and I've sort of enjoyed it. I've only played solo and I'm told it's much more fun in a multiplayer experience. Mm-hmm. But um, another game, which is actually um, locally developed uh, called um, Industries of Titan, um, which is kind of like a um, roguelike-ish sim um, it's not, it, it's early access. So I found that it doesn't necessarily explain what it is that you should be doing and how you should accomplish it. You sort of have to figure it out trial and error, but it's a very forgiving game where if you make a mistake, like you build something and it's like, well, that doesn't work. I did not know that you can actually then change that. And it gives you back all the resources you invested. Okay. So you lose out in time. Um, but uh, a game that I, I played with baby force excite bike. Yes, I saw that. Nice. Yeah. She, uh, one of the videos that she was watching, um, the kids were playing fall guys. And so she wanted to play fall guys. Now I have fall guys on my computer, but mouse and keyboard, I don't think is sort of the right spot for her to get into sort of that type of gaming experience. And then I was, you know, then I was thinking like, okay, what about controllers? And I tried to, like, I have a, an Xbox controller, but it's just too big for her hands. And so I'm thinking like, oh, like, what can I do? And then it kicks in like, well, I've got this switch here and the joy cons are, are pretty practical. Look, oh, fall guys. It's yeah, it's available on switch. I didn't notice that little asterisk. And I, I go in and I, I get the switch all fired up. I got her the controller and I'm trying to find fall guys. Yeah. It's going to be out in September mm. um, on the switch. Which is interesting because it's been out for a while now, pretty much. That's always been a Nintendo thing, though, right? So, yeah. Right. Uh, and so then I'm like, well, what can I find? Like, I, I was trying to think, like, what would be a simple title for her to play? Like, the concept of Fall Guys, probably a little bit beyond her, but I think she would have just had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was sort of flipping through um, the is it Nintendo NES Arcade, whatever it's called, the Switch Online yeah 
can't remember what the name is. And I'm like, you know what? I bet you like a, something simple, like, like excite bike would probably be sufficient. And, oh, she had a heck of a good time finishing 55th and saying like, she's like, I won. Cause you know, it shows your character jumping, you know, off the plat, you know, platform podium yeah. number 55. And then she'd be 37, but she was, she was picking up the game. She was learning. She was figuring out how to jump and, and what have you. And when I, then she wanted to do like different maps. So she did the, some of the ones where it's the AI, it's the competitive AI. And then she, you know, learned that if you cut them off, they can crash. And so she was making others crash. And I'm like, oh my God, my daughter is going to be that type of gamer. This is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. My son is that kind of board gamer for sure. He he likes to, he, he does anything evil to sort of knock you out if he can. He's a great kid, very compassionate and happy kid normally, but you get him to a board game situation and he wants to just screw with you. So, yeah. Yeah. So he, like if he plays risk, he's going to go and, you know, surround your border and game over you in a couple turns, or he's the guy that a monopoly monopoly hotels you to death. Oh, we don't play those games. Those, those games will suck. Come on. Well, well like I'm, <laughs> I'm using the, those are the games I grew up in. I know. Me I too. played board games. Me too. We're better now. Come on. But that's what I'm getting yeah, at. Totally. Is, yeah, that, that strategy where it's like, what do I do to go in and exert the most pain? I will hate draft you is the actual term, which is kind of bad when you're like a nine-year-old says it to you. Mm, yeah. Oh, anywho, well, we'll be back in a few weeks time. I, mm, well, I mean, we'll have an episode. I'll have, I was going to say I'll be in my new place. Well, no, that'd be a long yeah, time. Yeah, we're not going to that long. We'll have a couple episodes before I move away. And you'll be, you'll have been sort of fully moved in and your lawn mode probably at least once. No, or twice. it's dead. I'm not touching it, but I have a lawnmower. It's cool. Okay. Do you just drive the lawnmower? I'm, around I might. To, yeah. Except for it. Is it, it's electric? No, it's a gas, gas lawnmower. So that's the other thing. Well, I have to drive it out of the, out of the garage. Cause it just makes the garage stink. Really? The gas smell. I tell mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, they do make electric, uh, you they know, do. I have an electric weed whacker, you know, but we can save that for a better, another show. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, if, if I need to go and cut the grass, I'll just go get my beard trimmer out of the, this is like a really uh, big beard bathroom. trimmer. You wouldn't want to use on your beard. It would probably hurt. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> that cut will be a little <laughs> too close for my liking. Oh, but uh, what final words of wisdom do you have for everyone there? John? Don't trim your beard with an electric weird weed whacker. Uh, it's very, very sage advice. Um, I'm going to, you know, ask everyone to drink water, stay cool, hydrate. Don't start fires. Don't start fires. Don't be that. Did you read the story about there's someone in Coquitlam throwing like candles, lit candles? Yeah. Yeah. Like people are people. People are people. Agreed. (laughs) Don't, don't be whomever is doing that. Don't be a people like that. Yeah, don't be people. Don't be people, people. Be people, people. Because there's a difference. Uh, anyhow, you can find us online, facebook.com slash nerdydadcast. It's not like we really pay attention to that place. You're probably better off to follow us on Twitter, at nerdydadcast. We answer there. Um, yeah, we do. Uh, we have an email address, feedback at nerdydadcast.com, and a website, nerdydadcast.com. It has all sorts of fun stuff. All of our episodes, uh, this was what, episode 33? Holy cow. So you can... You can find the remaining uh, previous episodes, 32 of them ish. Cause we actually had a bonus episode uh, in there when the uh, PlayStation five um, 
actually happened. Yeah, we're better now. Just keep listening forward. But if you want to go back, that's great too. And please yeah. subscribe because, you know, everybody likes to subscribe. Well, I'm thinking if you've made it to this point of this episode, you might as well just subscribe, right? Like if you didn't like it and you just put yourself through the pain, well, then you <laughs> like the pain. Click subscribe. Yeah, it's some masochist thing. Totally. Right? But if you liked it, then click subscribe. We don't judge subscribe. either way. Subscribe. It's all good here. No, not no. at all. Exactly. Listener is a listener, whether you love us or hate us. And that goes along with reviews. Love us, hate us, leave us a review. The cool thing I actually found is interesting when like other podcasters, they, oh, I hate these reviews. You know, I'm giving away stuff for free. And I'm like, I love it. Give me content. Let me make fun of that review that made fun of me. Unless the review is true. And then we just sort of cry to ourselves for a bit. Yeah, that's true. But still like the good reviews, I enjoy those. The bad reviews, I enjoy them equally. I just enjoy them differently. (laughs) Anyway, uh, on behalf of John, myself, Chris, as a city can find us online, nerdy dad cast pretty much every which way possible. Uh, But uh, I ask you to do one simple thing and that is stay nerdy, my friends. (laughs) 